It's in you. You possess the power. Just go hard. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. Dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Trying myself when I yell at the wall. Back in the run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah Sullivan, and I'm your host. And listen, if you guys are new, on this show, we help you out with a few things. We help you out with your mindset, leadership, success. The overall goal is to help lead, help you lead your team to victory, like help you succeed and bring others along with you. And inside, we like to break down strategies and tactics, things that you can actually do to improve your life and the lives of others. Um, for today's show, I uh, brought somebody in that's really special to me, and I'm excited to introduce him to you. Um, it's an individual that I served with in the 75th Ranger Regiment. Somebody that, just like myself, comes from humble beginnings, and he turned his entire life around. He transformed himself. He built himself up from boy to man to leader. He became a ranger in the 75th. Afterwards, he became a Green Beret. I mean, he's got tons of accolades, and I'm going to let him talk about his story here as we dive in. Um, but we actually haven't seen each other since we fought in war in Afghanistan. So we actually just got recently connected, and uh, he's out of the military now, so he's a, he's a friend of mine, he's a brother of mine, and I'm excited to bring today's guest in and talk to you guys about mental toughness, failing forward, high achievement, turning your life around, personal transformation, and overall success. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my brother from another, Fernando Lopez. Hey, how's it going? Dude, bro. Um, what year was it when we saw each other? 2000 what? 2016. It was in, uh, it was Af- Afghanistan. That's yeah. when the uh, last time I saw you. <laughs> do you remember, do you remember the, what was the last memory? The last memory was, uh, I was about to have my kid and uh, you, you drove me to the airport. It's like to fly me back. Yeah. And I remember shaking your hand and next thing you know, I, I never saw you again. Cause yeah. I moved on. I uh, went to selection and you guys stayed there for a little longer, I remember. Yep. And yeah, I got, we got back shortly after that. And um, <clears throat> my military career just kept turning. You know, I had to go on to the captain's career course after that. And that's how that happens in life, you know. You, you guys, relationships are tough, man. It's because you guys are always moving. You're always trying to achieve. You're always going for the next thing. And life happens to you and, and, and for you. And in the mix of all that, you can develop a great relationship with somebody, but then it kind of sucks, man. You guys fall apart, and, but it's great to be back, you know, and it was a great deployment for us, and we've been chopping it, it up ever since. It feels amazing, you know, <laughs> it feels amazing. Yeah, dude. Hey, you guys, Fernando has an amazing story, man. He's originally from uh, Puerto Rico, born in Puerto Rico, right? Where are you born? In San Juan, Puerto Rico. I was born in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, and then you came to the States at 17? Yeah, I, uh, I decided every... every Ever since I was born, I knew I was going to join the military. So it was just a matter of time. I was waiting till I became 17 so I can, like, actually leave to the States yeah. and uh, join the military. Yeah, dude, we're going to dive into that. Um, before we kick off today's show, guys, listen, the thing, the thing is, is, like, Fernando, <clears throat> like myself, has continuously – he's he succeeded, but he's failed a ton. Like, he has just failed forward over and over and over again. And we were talking about this the other day. Is like, he doesn't even see failure. He's like, it's only failure if you quit. 
And so we're going to bring in that mindset to today's show. But dude, before we kick it off, out of curiosity, bro, you've done so many hard things. You did combat diver. I mean, how, what are, how many military schools? What are the military schools you've attended? Uh, so I've attended uh, combat diver, ranger school, jump master school, RASP, yeah. SF selection. Uh, for those, that, those of you that don't, don't know, it's, uh, RASP's uh, selection in order to get to Ranger Regiment, and yep. then SF selection is like a qualification course for Special Forces. Yep. So out of everything that you've done, and you've, like, you got tons of, like, you've done tons of endurance races and shit like that. Yeah, I've, uh, I've done a couple, couple races here and there, and uh, mostly it was in the military, man. Yeah. My, my military career was the, the one that shaped me to the person I am today. Yeah. What, what's something that was like one of the most difficult things in life, not just in the military, but in life? Like what's something really difficult that you've overcome? To be honest, uh, the physical stuff, it was, the military got me on that part, right? They yeah. were racing me on that part, but the... Uh, one of the biggest challenges that I encountered was the actual transition from language to language. Mm. It was uh, when I left Puerto Rico, I, I didn't speak English at all. And I having to join like the military, not only the military, joining the infantry. It was, uh, it was pretty challenging. I'm not going to lie. It was uh, one of the hardest things I've, I've overcome throughout the years. Like what was the hard, I mean, I can only imagine how hard it is to try like survive in another country and in the military and English is not your primary language, so, but what was it that, like, what are the details that made it so hard for you? So, the, the, main, the main thing was uh, communicating with other people, right, and, like, the short amount of time that I had to learn it. Like, yeah. for example, I, I joined at 17, I joined through the English program, and then six months later, I was, I was in Afghanistan, right? Mm. And it got to the point where we were in firefights, and I'm trying to communicate with other guys, and we can barely talk to each other, right? Yeah. But I, as the time went by in that deployment, I think it was a six-month deployment, I, it got better and better and better, right? It got better by repetition, by being around those people. That was Afghanistan? Yeah, that was it, in Afghanistan in 2012. Wow. And how old were you? I was 18 years old. I was uh, 18 years old. So you're, you, signed, you left Puerto Rico, you joined the military, you're in Afghanistan at 18 years old, you barely speak English, and you're in gunfights, and I can only imagine how, like, frustrating that was, and yeah. what was that like? It was, uh, dude, so, here's a, f- a fun fact about it, uh, my dad, uh, in order to join the army, they have to sign you, sign your papers when you're 17, right? Yeah. And uh, he was a cop in Puerto Rico, so he was super excited for me joining, but uh, he, he told me one thing, it's like, I'm gonna sign, but you cannot pick you cannot be in the infantry. You have to pick something else. And uh, I got away with it because in order for me to join, I had to go to English school first. And it was by, it was by the military. It's an ESL program they run. So I was like, okay, whatever that. So he signed the papers. And uh, I didn't pick my MOS until I completed that school. But uh, I found a way to complete the school in a month. I passed that school, and they, they, they gave me the, the jobs that were available. And... Uh, I saw infantry. That's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to go, I wanted to go fight. So I just went ahead and signed it. By that point, he couldn't do anything. And I called him and I told him, hey, dad, I'm, a, I'm an infantry guy. I'm about to go to fucking infantry school. <laughs> and uh, he got pretty upset. I, he was like, come on, man. Like, it was more, mostly worried, you know? Yeah, he just stressed out. He just didn't want to, how many, do you have brothers? I forget. I got a sister and she's uh, three years older. Yeah. So his only son going off to war, he's probably nervous as yeah. hell. But... I don't know, I made it through all the initial training, like everyone else, and then I got to my unit, and 
six months later, we were in Afghanistan. Yeah. And uh, throughout all the training, like in basic training, how, how I passed that, it was like, obviously, it was, it was by looking at the guy in front of me, right? Doing what the guy in front of me was doing. Yeah. But then I got to Afghanistan, and uh, it, was, it was even more challenging, right? Because we were, we were in Ghazni, I remember, and we were, like, getting into firefights and stuff, and I'm trying to communicate with, the, with these guys. For example, we... Uh, are, you in a, are you in any leadership role, or are you just a, a no, junior I was, soldier? Uh, I was a grenadier by the time. Okay. Was, uh, so you had a 203? Yeah. And it, initially, uh, I was... There was one time, specifically, I was... We, we've been walking for, like... Uh, for 12 hours or more, it's like where everybody's tired. And we got to this, uh, to what we call the RP, like to a little hangout area before we go check out this village. Yeah. And uh, as soon as the sun broke, that's how we got in a huge firefight. And I was like an L-shaped ambush. And nobody's, nobody can see the guys. I'm the only guy who's like actually have eyes on the enemy. Oh, and it's like I'm shooting as hard as I can to these guys. And you can't really and I'm speak. Trying to, I'm trying to tell my, uh, my squad leaders, like, they're over there, they're over there. I'm trying to tell them like, the direction, location. Yeah. And uh, funny thing, he looks at me and he, he just says, like, man, I can't understand what you're saying right now. <laughs> Fuck. And uh, it was funny because I knew I had a fucking issue. I had a communication issue, but like, that, didn't, uh, that didn't bother me at all. It was more like, okay, there's... Uh, it's going to get better eventually, you know? Yeah. We just have, there's no perfect timing for, hey, I have, I'm going to go learn English and then join the military. I knew I, I wanted to leave Puerto Rico as fast as I can so I can, like, pursue my career, my dream. Yeah. So you knew you were just going to work through it. And, fuck, that's crazy. Um, I can only imagine the feeling of being trapped in, in that moment. It had to have been, you had to have felt trapped, like wanting to say something but nobody really listening. Like I remember I was, uh, it was so loud. It was like... Uh, I was, we were all screaming at each other, right? Sure, yeah. But, like, imagine a person screaming at you in a different language, you know, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. It was uh, interesting. Obviously, years went by and a lot of practice went into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, your English is great now, you know. What, uh, so I want to, I want to get into the military schools. I want to get into your military career and really paint the picture for the person that's listening on just everything that you went through. Because, um, like I said, you know, it's a, crazy story bro like if you didn't join the military and become an operator what would your life have been so to be honest like i had no plan when i when i joined the military i was uh my plan was like join the military and get to war before it's over that was my mentality so what what was it about war that you wanted to why was it that you wanted to go fight in war so being from puerto rico and everything you know my dad was originally a cop right and uh it was it was more like the legacy. Okay. The, I wanted to. My dad was a cop. He was like. I wanted to for him to feel proud of it, like of, of our name, you know. It's, I wanted to continue its tradition. It's like. I remember when uh, the the towers went down. I was in third grade. Uh, he went to school, yeah. picked me up, and explained to me as I this happened, and uh, he was explaining explaining to me, and I was uh, at the time I was so so young, you know. But that's, that's one of the moments that like. I've always go back and look up to yeah. like that that day. I remember. I mean, were you guys patriotic? You guys are very patriotic. My dad is like super patriotic. Yeah. Like, uh, super. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, just very patriotic. So you basically wanted to make him proud. You didn't want to be a cop, but you did. You did you think about being a cop? Uh, nah, 
I never thought about being a cop. I just I I wanted to I wanted to go fight. I wanted to go. You wanted, I don't know if I don't know if cause it was because like I've always been shooting with him. I don't know. It's because uh, where I grew up at. It's like I wanted to go go fight. Go fight like the the enemy. It's like do it. Yeah. No. I can I can relate to that because well my path was a little bit it was similar but different. Like I, <clears throat> I dropped out of a community college and joined the military out of desperation. I wasn't like inspired and patriotic, but along the way I realized when I was in war that I wanted to fight. I didn't like being an engineer. I liked being an engineer in some aspects, but I hated it. I, I hated the feeling of being helpless and there's a gunfight going on like a half a mile from me and I can't go do anything about it. I have to stay and sit in my spot. I hated that. And so I had the same thing inside of me. It was like a warrior's call. Just something's calling me to go over there into this conflict and just be part of that and help and serve. And um, they say that war's a boy's dream and a man's nightmare. You yeah. know, there's some truth to that, huh? It is. As I remember, because I dropped out of school too. I, I didn't finish high school. And because I knew I was joining the military, I just, I just wanted to leave. I just wanted to like get it done as quick as possible. Before. Yeah. My biggest fear was that if I joined late, the war was going to be over. Yeah. So I didn't want to miss that. Yeah. So I remember when I got to Afghanistan, I was always afraid that they weren't, we weren't going to get in, like, in a firefight or anything. Yeah. Like it's, 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 and that's the mentality of everybody over there. You know? like everybody that you mentioned, like, like warrior's call, everybody's feeling the same way. Yeah. You know? Everybody wants to go do their job. And like... Yeah, and this is important because if you're if you never served in the served in the military, like people got to understand, it's not that you want to go smoke people and like get your rocks off like that. It's just you feel like you want to do your duty. You want to be good at your your job. There's when you're younger, you do want to be the hero. You, you kind of romanticize it and kind of like it. It the idea of fighting in combat, at least for me, kind of validated me as a man. It was like okay, and as as an infantry officer, I was like man, if I go fight in combat, then that means I'm, I'm a, I'm a real infantry officer. You know, I'm not, but this is, that's, that kind of sucks because not a lot of people, you know, in that rain, in that time period of 2010 to 2020 or whatever, like not a whole lot of people were actually like fighting, fighting. I mean, the infantry was going in and fighting, but it's, it's, it was a lot less people fighting compared to the public's perspe perspective. Yeah, like 100%. the public, the public thinks that every soldier is going to be given a gun and go fight. No, it wasn't like that. It's not like that at all. You know, you're, so you're like, like you're just saying it's, even if you're in the infantry, you've got the gun, you've, you're told that, that the infantry and combat arms is your job, but you still don't know if you're actually going to get a chance to go do that duty overseas. And so you're kind of like, there's people that never fight. There's like yeah. even infantrymen that they yeah. go out there and never, never did. And throughout the years, it got slower and slower. Yeah. And that's tough too, for those guys, because, you know, they go overseas, they, they don't fight and they come back from those deployments and they're still messed up from the deployments. They have yeah. PTSD from just being in a high stress deployment for six months nine months and then they deal with the guilt of not being not fighting in combat and that that beats them up too so it's, it's the, the, the loss of purpose you know it's like hey why, why am i here you know why yeah. am i doing this and then you don't get a chance to actually do it. it's like yeah kind of beats you up yeah absolutely so <clears throat> um so you ended up i can i can see the whole picture now you know you're so i, I think i might have missed it though you said if you didn't join the military what what would have your what would your path have been? I don't know, man. I, I, 
ever since I, I was growing up, I, the people mm -hmm. I was around, I always knew I was going to join. So I knew that I had that in my head, and I was like, I was going to find a way to join, you know? But uh, I hate to say it, but like, uh, we, didn't, we didn't grow up in a, in a place where we had a lot of opportunity, right? Yeah. Not, uh, it was because of the mentality of the people that I grew up around. Yeah. It was sad. Like, all my friends ended up, like, in, either in jail or dead, you know? Yeah. And the, the people that are still alive, luckily, some of them are in the military, and they moved out of Puerto Rico. So, they, what did they, they, they got into gangs and violence or something, or what? Yeah. It was uh, gangs and violence. It was uh, pretty usual. Not only that, like, bad habits as well, too. It's like, it's, yeah. like, it's in our culture, you know? It's in our culture, the Hispanic culture. It's like, yeah, we like to drink, and then... Even worse, the places uh, that we lived around, sadly, it was like a lot of gang activity. Yeah. And, uh, so, dude, you come, I mean, that's a great, a lot of people can relate to that story, right? Like, um, meaning they come from hardship, they come from, if they would stay where they grew up, they'd become a statistic. And you ended up making a decision, you joined the military at 17, and then you come in as a conventional infantryman, an 11 Bravo. Yeah. You do the deployment. And then you wait, you work your way to the Ranger Regiment, and you get into special operations. Not only that, then you don't stop there, and you go and you become a Green Beret. So how the fuck did that all happen? To be honest, like, uh, it, was, it was always the people that I had around me, right? Uh, I got back from my first deployment, and like, uh, three weeks later, I had this quality that was in regiment. And uh, he was one of my mentors throughout my military career. I always looked up to him, and... He, uh, I remember him telling me, hey, in three weeks, you're going to uh, pre-ranger. And I was like, okay. It was like a regular private. You just do what you're told. But in the back of my head, I don't even know what's ranger school, you know? Yeah. I, I was like, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, I packed my bags. And the funny thing is, like, as soon as I get out of the bus, it's like, what did I get myself into? It's like, it was like, <laughs> this guy, what he got me into? I was like... Whatever, you're already here, you have Hell to finish. Yeah. So I got out of the back, I was in the 82nd back in Bragg, and it was crazy because all my, me and my friends, he all put, he put us in the bus, and uh, <laughs> we showed up, and we're just getting destroyed, and it was, it was like, we're looking at each other with the mentality of like, bro, we are just 18 years old, just doing, what is going on right now? And, uh, but we all had the same mentality, it's like, we have to stay here until we make it. Like, yeah. there's no way out. Because, like, we can't, we're not going to quit. It's like, it's, it's, it wasn't us. It was us. Uh, that's what I mentioned. It's like, I failed pre-ranger. But I, when people ask me, what well, have you failed? It's like, I didn't fail pre-ranger. It's yeah. like, I've accomplished pre-ranger. It's like, I, I failed uh, land navigation. And three weeks later, I, I remember getting back in the bus. He brought me back, and I was I was afraid, man. I was I was so scared that my uh, my mentor was gonna look at me. He's just gonna destroy my life, and uh, he was not. He was like, he looked at me. He's like, hey, man, welcome back. And I asked him, I said, like, dude, you're not mad. He's like, why would I be mad? You're gonna be back in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I was deep inside. I was like, dude, you have to be fucking kidding me. Uh, he uh, he puts us back in the bus, and the second time was was way easier, you know, it's like, yeah. and that's, that was the whole process for my, my military career, it's like, you don't fail, you only fail if you don't complete what you put your head to, like, uh, towards your goal, right? Yeah. 
So the only way you will fail if it's you quit. Yeah, you just change the timeline in your head. Exactly. It's like you just have to, you have to go and do it. Right. So like this is important, guys, because you know I know a lot of you guys are hard on yourselves. You want to succeed, or you're pushing to the next level, and you stumble and you fall, and then you label yourself a failure when it happens. And it's like you're like you got to really look at, you got to zoom out. And uh, I don't know where you learned that from. Maybe your dad taught it to you. Or maybe it just comes naturally to you. But did you? Did anybody teach you how to? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, it was. I was always like that. I was like, if I put my head, my head into something, like if I want to accomplish something, I will, I'm gonna do it regardless. It right. doesn't matter what people tell me. It doesn't matter what uh, anybody's opinion. It's like I'm gonna find a way to do it. That's the know? mentality that you guys need. Every one of you, even if you're already a winner, you guys need to remember that lesson. You're going to do whatever it takes to accomplish whatever it is that's inside of your heart. Who cares what everybody else says? And then if you're stumbling and falling, get the fuck over it, dude. Like, zoom out and realize that the bigger picture, like, Ranger School is 62 days. How long, how long dude, were you there? Yeah, that's another story. Uh, obviously, my English is still pretty bad in that, in that school. So it's 62 days. I will spend there six months, man. Um, and something that I learned, I don't want to get into, like, all the details about that story, but basically... I was a really good teammate with everybody. I was a good ranger, bot, uh, bot, uh, ranger buddy, but I couldn't speak English. And when it was my time of like, like doing an op order or anything, like the cadre looked at me like, man, you're going to have a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I recycle mountains and recycle Florida and best ranger, right? But here's the thing. Like I did, it, I did mountains the first time, right? It was rough. The second time, it was extremely easy right because yeah. i already been through it. i already learned what i needed to learn right i spent some time like actually doing it and like learned it yeah. i had to do it again it's fine but then i got to florida and it was a different environment different people different cadre and they, the same thing happened it's like hey i didn't make patrols and same thing the second time it was like i've already done it you know it's like and they, here's the, like the main lesson. It's like you you will come. I thought it was just ranger school, but it, it went through my whole military career. Yes. It's like the only time you will fail something if if you quit. If you quit, you're done. Right. But if you continue to do it, like it doesn't matter how many times it takes you. Like it take you six times, but eventually <laughs> you are going to get it. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it's the persistence. Persistence pays. I know, and it's crazy because I thought it was just ranger school. I thought it was like and. And that's what took you probably, so how, I mean, I don't want to get too into the micro timeline, but Ranger School ended up being how long for you? Uh, six months. I started in uh, February and I finished somewhere in August or something. I can't remember. Yeah. So you guys that, um, what you non-military folks, what ends up happening is Fernando goes to Ranger School, which is 62 days. But if you have to start, if you, if you uh, fail any patrols or fail any of your, your missions, you, you basically have to recycle that phase. And so it can take longer. That extended him out to the six-month timeline. I like the mentality, though, that you had, which is like, you know, I'm not failing. I'm just adjusting and figuring out how I'm going to get to the end. Every, every obstacle, every problem is just a, a thing that's in my way from getting to, uh, getting to the end, you know? And the, another, another lesson from that school, man, it was uh, the people you were around with, right? Yeah. There's your support system. Like, yeah. uh, me and my friend, it was funny because it was three of us. We, uh, we went together, right? One made it straight through. I never saw him again. Yeah. But my friend, uh, he made it through mountains the first time. Yeah. And uh, 
we were we were ranger buddies a pre-ranger deployment and then ranger school he made it to florida i said in mountains and i was like damn and it was uh it was like a little competition we had it's like i'm gonna get my tab before you you know yeah. it was a friendly competition so i was kind of disappointed that he beat me right and that like kind of hunt me hunted me there the whole time in mountains it's like man this guy's probably graduating already yeah a funny thing i get out of the bus in uh in florida and i saw him in oh florida, shit he recycled. he recycled florida so it was back on it was like we were competing with each other you know it was like and it was good seeing him during the patrols and stuff because we were in the same platoon or anything but like it was always having that guy next to me too and that's like that, my, my main ranger buddy and then we finished florida and we both recycled and stayed together <laughs> so it's like at this point we just have to make it man it's like uh, it's always it's always important like having that support man Who's going to be next to you the whole time? Yeah, and I call them, um, I put people in different like categories in life. And my friends that I compete with, I put them on this area called Rival Ridge. It's like, we're buddies, we're boys, but I'm trying to dust your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to win. I do want you to win, but I'm trying to smoke you at whatever it is that we're doing, you know? And I, you need that in life, you know? If, I think if you don't have a relationship like that, that you're competing with somebody in a friendly way, healthy way, you got to get it, you know? You got you to find those type of people, man, because it does, it does make you better. It, it helps you grow, man. Yeah. Either physically, mentally, because you can be good at something, but I'm good at something else, you know? And, yeah. Uh, you're going to bring me up, and I'm going to do the same for you every time. Let's, let's jump into, uh, let's catch, I want to catch the overview on getting into 75th, becoming a Green Beret. I mean, I, dude, there's so many things I could dive into your story with, but let's, let's, let's hit on those highlights, and then I want to talk to you a little bit about, like, some just difficult things that you've overcome, because, you know, success is cool, and achievement is great, but it's really in the, the hard times that, like, that create us. And when somebody's going through a hard time, I want to pull out the lessons from hard times that you've had to help them get through hard times that they're going through. So let's just hit the, some of the successes though. You, I mean, you, 70, getting into 75th was probably hard as fuck for you. And then becoming a green beret was hard as fuck. Go ahead and talk about those. Dude. Uh, so, uh, getting to the 75th Ranger Regiment, it was like the 75th Ranger Regiment, like, he, uh, those are the values that I still carry with me today, right? Yeah. Like, the people that I work with over there, it was the most professional people. I, I met you over there. And uh, when I got there, the transition going from the regular Army to the 75th Ranger Regiment, it was, uh, it was challenging. It wasn't only challenging because the level of uh, training they do, the level of, like, professionalism, yeah. like, uh, they're, on, they're on another level. Uh, guys, guys, uh, guys, imagine playing like college football and then going and playing in the NFL. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> and uh, I got there and it's like everybody's to a certain level. And it's like in my, the back of my mind, I, I have to get on this level or I'm not going to make it. It's like I'm going to get out. I'm going to get released for standards. It's like, so that was like every day that was my mentality. It's like I have to get to their level as soon as possible so I can prove myself that I'm worth being here. So not only that. I'm still battling my whole English uh, barrier, right? Yeah. I remember, like, it was rough, right? It was like uh, you had people that you were going into the shoot house and training events and, like, communicating properly. And I was like, not not only to their level, I'm, like, also battling the English. It was like, and the physical part as well. It's like everybody in that unit had a different mentality than in the regular army, right? Yep. Everybody in that specific unit wanted to be their best. The, mm -hmm. So you are, for example, you have um, 
the Rangers have a 40 mile, 40 minute mile, uh, five mile standard, right? Yeah. Five miles in 40 minutes. Five miles in 40 minutes. Everybody's running 35s. Everybody's running 36 uh, minute, uh, five miles. Yep. And the funny thing is like, if you are running 35s, you're just an average guy. Yeah. You are an average guy. So you have people running 30s, 20, 27s, high 20s. Like, it's insane. It was like the mentality of everybody over there. It was different. Yeah, like the 12 mile, the Ranger Regiment was the place when I got there and we did the 12 mile ruck march. Like, everybody, you were like, a shit bag if you came in at three hours, oh right? <laughs> like like three hours, everybody was like, you know, a two thirty guy minimum and then two thirty was like an average, I think. Yeah, like, like you like, Yeah, you need to be right there. And then I remember I came in at like one of the rucks, I came in at like two ten, two seven, two oh seven or something like that. And I was like just barely at the front of the pack. <laughs> you know yeah, like, guys like it was insane. It was like the level the mentality of everybody working around. It was like it was in a different level. Yeah. It was just competing. They were just com- competitors. And guys, if you don't know much about the regiment, it's like these guys trained to do direct action raids, high value target raids against enemy combatants in the United States. So the picture like the bin Laden raid, right? That's what everybody knows. Everybody's familiar with that. So stuff like that. Airfield seizures, jumping into an airfield, taking over at night. And while you're doing the airfield seizure, going off and hitting raids as well. And then leaving before the sun comes up. Like these guys... Lethal as hell, super professional. I always tell people, like, Rangers are, at least the ones that we served with, they're, like, the most dangerous people on the face of the planet that you will take home and, like, introduce to your family. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, one of my, like, my best friends I, got, I made in the, in the Ranger Regiment, it's like, they taught me so much, man, because it was, uh, when I, whenever you went, whenever we went to Afghanistan, yeah. Everybody, every, I'm talking about everybody wanted to do their job, right? Everybody wanted, and everybody was to a level of professionalism that I, it showed, man, the training, the, all the training we did, it showed in Afghanistan. Yeah. And it was insane. It was, it was up to another level. It was. Uh, what did you, um, so the Ranger Regiment had a really special culture. It taught us like excellence, really. It taught us about going after our best. You know, what is something that you learned from, like, how did the, what did, what's something that you learned about building teams or building strong, yeah, strong teams that you learned at Regiment? Did you, does that make sense? So, here's the thing, like, even, even though Ranger uh, Regiment is, like, uh, the most professional, the most elite unit out there, it's, like, we only, they, here's the thing, it's, like, we only focus on, like, the fundamentals. Yes. And the repetition, it's, like. You do something over and over and over and over again until you get it right. Yeah. And when you get it right, you're going to do it some more. And then you're going to keep doing it. And then you're going to do it at night. And then you're going to do it blindfolded. And then you're going to keep doing the same thing. And the thing is, like, it's not sexy. It's just doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, that is so true. That is so, that's such a powerful lesson because we, it, I mean, I'm thinking back to one of the ops that we did where everybody was, like, pretty confident. All the squad leaders and leaders were confident they knew CQB, right? These guys are fucking... They're in their heads. They're, 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 they have big heads right now. How can we humble them? We're like, all right, let's fucking bring their sleep down. Let's bring their training up. Let's have them jump out of a plane, and then let's have them go do CQB. <laughs> and it was just the basic drills, though, like the fundamentals. Let's go drill those basics in close quarters battle. Yeah, and the thing is, like, when you're working with, uh, with people at this level, like, uh, sleep doesn't affect you like, like you think it's going to do another person. And, yeah. uh you, you can still see them performing, right? And like, since they've done all the repetitions, it's actually 
I don't know, it gets, sometimes it gets better, you know, it, it gets the best of them. Yeah. And uh, when you get to like a real situation, it shows, man, it shows like 100%. So um, fast forward to our deployment and then we're going to talk about becoming a Green Beret. Um, our deployment was, we basically deployed at a time where you're not knocking on doors every single night, but you're going after some high value targets that are uh, some nasty, nasty dudes. And we got into some pretty kinetic gunfights and firefights over there. Um, what did war teach you about yourself? About myself, uh, first, the first thing is like, that comes to my head, it's like, when you over plan, you're just wasting time. Like, uh, I remember us planning for days and days and days. And like, it got to the point where it was like maybe weeks. Yep. When, if everybody knows their job, everybody knows what they're doing, right? When you get to the objective, when you, when you get out of that bird, everything's gonna change. Yeah. Everything's gonna change, everything's gonna look different when you get out of that plane, everything's gonna look different in the objective. But if everybody knows their job, guess what? You still will accomplish the mission. Yeah, like the terrain can change, the enemy can change, but if you're proficient at your tasks and your skills, you're gonna accomplish that mission. And uh, not only that, the thing is like, I, I say this a million times, man, like a lot of leaders like don't take care of their guys. It's like, uh, but when I was in that, under you and like uh, the other, and yeah. our platoon sergeant, it was insane, right? You guys took care of us. We worked probably the hardest during the training events, right? We got there early. We left the, late, the latest, right? But when it came to the mission, everybody was so proficient and everybody was so good. Like uh, the mission got done regardless yeah. of the terrain, regardless of the objective. It got fucking done. Yeah, it was the fitfo mentality. Figured the yeah. fuck out. And when you're in that mentality, when you, when you only have one thing in your head, when you only have uh, winning on your head, guess that's the only thing that's going to happen. You're going to win regardless. Man, you can't encounter heavy terrain. You can't encounter heavy fight. If you have winning on your head, you are going to win. What was uh, hard for you? Um, what was something hard for you that, that you had to deal with for more? What do you mean? Like what something was? that, um, like... Going out on target and doing your job is very fulfilling, right? And being successful and, and keeping winning is the top focus. Um, but at the same time, like that, all, that, all, that stuff all feels great. It feels great to succeed. But what was hard about war for you? Uh, war was like, obviously, a lot of us don't talk about this, right? But it, it takes a toll on us. And not only on us, it takes a toll on our family. So... The physical stuff we do is like, it's one thing, but then when, uh, when we go home, it's like we, we as men, we don't talk about it, right? We, uh, we like bottle everything in and we wait, we wait. Sometimes we wait too long, man. And everybody, everybody learned their lesson like the way they want to learn it, right? We yeah. can tell, tell that everybody, like uh, to people, but. Yeah, you're going to talk about it whenever you're ready to talk exactly. about it. Exactly. But uh, so one thing, man, is like, it definitely takes a toll on, not only on you, it takes a toll on your family, on your body, on your mind. And you get, sometimes you get worn out. And what are some, so this is important because if you guys haven't been at war, it doesn't matter. You, you have work-related stress and you're going to go through similar type of shit where you're going to be stressed out from work and you're going to have issues that are carrying over and spilling over from work to your families. You know, so what are some, what were some indicators to you that something was off and that you were dealing with stress and... I was, uh, for me personally, I was, I was getting, I was getting angry at everybody, right? I was, uh... I knew I was getting, I was getting uh, to the point where I was like, I couldn't talk to, to anybody without getting angry. If, like, 
even if it was a friend, he said something I was wrong, I was like getting super angry at him and snapping at him, right? But it got to the point where, where I had a situation at home uh, with my son that I, I, I knew I needed to get help. And I, I did it, and it helped me out tremendously. I, I had like... I don't regret any, any decision about it. What, what advice, like where, what words do you have to somebody that thinks that they have something going on from the deployment or work or they're dealing with stress and they're thinking they should go get help but they don't want to go do it? So the, the biggest advice is like not everybody's going to give you the, like, uh, the best advice. Is, you, you even told me this. It's like not everybody's a lion, right? So you cannot go talk to somebody that's different than you. And uh, that's the biggest one. And the second one is don't wait, man. Like, uh, I wish I would, I would have had to, like, talk to my therapist or to somebody before, you know? But we, as, like, our ego guy gets in the way, right? But we have the same mentality that we had in the mission site. Like, we're going to figure the fuck out. Yeah, that's huge right there. That part about, like, don't, I call it don't be an IMA. An IMA is I'm going to do it myself. Broken people are imas. Like when you when you are a person that is truly about success and you've stripped apart your ego and you've removed yourself from the problem, you're not you don't focus on solving the problem yourself. You stop you stop doing it as an individual and you say, like, let me get a team around me to help me accomplish this mission. You know, and that takes a lot of humility, but that's where real real winning is done. Real, real winning is done in teams. hundred percent and that's the only way you're gonna get better too. Like if you are going through a struggle, the only way you're gonna get out of there is like by getting the right people around you, right, and building your team. That's, that's huge. Like, uh, I, I, did, I had a million friends. I have, I have you. I had a, my therapist. Is like, and he helped me out tremendously. He's like, yeah, I was in a hole, man. I, was, I found myself in a hole, and the, best, the biggest advice, like, the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be. Oh, fuck. And I like what you said, too, about find somebody that you can relate to because the people that really – like were around me after I realized that there was something wrong with me, I couldn't relate to any of them, you know, and uh, <clears throat> I should have been looking for the people I could relate to because they're out there and all you got to do is just hit them up and start talking and then what you find out is like some of those people become really good friends. It's, he's, he's like, I thought it was like, I kept it, I, I had a big ego, right, to uh, talk about this, but it wasn't until I started like reaching out to friends yeah. and like a lot of people that, uh, that the same thing is happening to me, it's happening to everybody. Yeah, bro. <laughs> and I wish, I wish, like, uh, we, like, uh, as friends, we got closer together and, like, we talked about this, but our, our egos are too, too big sometimes to, like, hey, to ask the friends, like, man, what's going on? And even if I ask you about what's going on, you're like, man, everything's good. You yeah. Know? So you're going to put that fucking shield over your face and everything is good. And we just, we just keep bottling it that. We just focus and go, go, go. It's like we have a job to do, but... How are you going to take care of somebody if you're not taking care of yourself? Yeah. Um, jumping into becoming a Green Beret, so um, what, was that, what was that journey like just briefly? So uh, it was after my second deployment with the regiment. I said, hey, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go get my, my Green Beret. The, res, the reason why was I remember the first day that I, I went to the Improsting building and when I joined, I saw a green beret coming out of a building, and uh, he had a green beret. He has his chest full of medals, yeah. Ranger tab, Special Forces tab. Looking like a badass. Yeah, and I was like, damn, I'm just a 17-year-old from Puerto Rico. I'm never going to be like that. <laughs> yeah. And I already, like, uh, got, I went to regiment. I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. It's like, why not? It's like, I have nothing else to do. I have, still have seven. I was planning to make the military a career, so I'm like, I have eight years left in the military, probably more. 
So I got all the time in the world to fail all the times I want. So I'm just going to go and do it. Yeah. So I wanted, uh, I wanted to go, I wanted to go with selection. So I went to selection. I passed selection. Within a couple months, I'm heading back to the qualification course. Made it through that and, uh, and got to the to seventh group. I went to uh, Special Forces. And when I got there, obviously, I was still the new guy. So I, I was expecting to go through another transition like I did from the regular Army to the Ranger Regiment. I was yeah. expecting a similar transition. But I've already been through it. So whatever doesn't affect me, it's like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out on the way. And... I got to the seventh group and I immediately got put into a senior position. That was probably a couple of years, right? Between regiment and getting to seventh group? Or was it, was, it how fast? Uh, yeah, was it? it was like two years, I think. Two years, yeah. Maybe a year and some change. Yeah, so there's a lot of work in there just so everybody's. Yeah, like, every, there's, you have to do a lot of like uh, training and all that stuff. But yeah. I made it there, right? And I got put in the senior position. And it, and it validates this point again. It's like, you're never going to be ready for the, for like, for the next job, for, for the next step. It's like, you're never going to. Like, life is just going to keep going and it's going to keep teaching you. You have to learn on the way. So I got put in that position, but uh, I, I think that was the, my best, uh, my primal. I yeah. don't want to call it primal. Like, because I already been with regiment, Like in your A right? game, you're like on top of your game. I'm on top of my game because I was already in regiment and I was like crushing it over there. And plus, I speak Spanish, so all deployments that like, were going to South America. Yeah. So I feel like home. And I, I loved I loved every minute of it. It's like I was I was doing that. I was doing my job, speaking my language, and like with the around the people that I liked. So yeah, it was it was it was huge. And then you went to combat diver while you were there as well, right? Yeah, my last my last team uh, there was a spot on the team, and and the my platoon sergeant, my team sergeant, it's like, hey man, do you do you want to go to dive school? It's like, why not? Let's let's go to give it a shot. And I remember. It's funny because uh, I've always been the type of the type of person that's like, hey, man, we're just we're just gonna do it and see what happens. You yeah. know, it's like get the taste. Like it's not gonna kill you, right? It's, yeah. But the thing is, in the back of my head, I was like, well, uh, there's only two ways I'm coming back. It's like yeah, I'm I'm either getting it or I'm gonna get it. I'm yeah. gonna sleep in the bottom of the pool. <laughs> And it was it was rough, man. Uh, but it was the same. It was the same. It was the same as everything else, man. As long as you don't quit, it's like you can't. You just have to go with that mindset of like, hey, I'm going to make this school regardless, right? Yeah, you can't be afraid to fail. Like that's the thing. That's the, the common thread too in your shit. Is like a lot of you guys are trying to like you're tiptoeing your way to death. You're so afraid to take the next step. You're so afraid to go after it. And and if you've succeeded at some level, you get to that level. And you're like, well, shit, should I push it even further? I don't, you know, the, more, the higher you go, the less you want to give up what you've gained. And um, life is a game of being fearless, you know? Like, you, you've just been fearless your whole life and going after it. Yeah, and it's, it's, just, it's like, when you say fearless, it's like, here's the thing, man. Like, we all feel the same thing. Yeah. We all feel, like, our doubts. We all have our, we all we'll have that, like, those thoughts in our head, right? But the, this is, here's the difference. It's like... There's people that just like, hey, bro, I don't care what the, the mind, my mind is telling me, my soul is telling me, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the mentality that we have. That's the mentality like people around us have, you know? It's like, it doesn't matter how we feel. It's like, we're going to get it done. It's like, am I tired? Yes, but I'm still going to wake up. Am I afraid of fucking jumping out of a fucking plane? It's like, dude, I don't see anything, but I'm still going to jump, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, 
you have to do it. There's no perfect time. There's no like, hey, I don't feel right. It's like you have a job to do. It's like do yeah. your job and that's it. Develop that habit, guys. Develop the habit of detaching from your feelings, detaching from the outcome, detaching from the work and just like with the negative voice when it starts coming in, you just detach from that negative voice and you just go anyway. It's a separation, you know? It's like you have to make a decision. You have to. You can't just wait for the right time because it's, it's never going to come. Like life is going to continue. Whether you're physically fit or not, you, you, don't have, like, you just have to do it. I also like, too, that you're like throwing yourself in the level that you want to be at. You're just throwing yourself in there, and then you're, you're figuring out how to survive and then succeed. And then as soon as you get comfortable, you're doing it again. Like that's, I think, a missing art with a lot of people is they forget that they just need to put their feet to the fire, dive in. And then fit foe, figure it the fuck out, you know? Yeah, 100%. So, um, what was a tough part about becoming a Green Beret for you? A tough part of becoming a Green Beret. By, that, by, by this point, man, to be honest, I got, it was, I already had the mindset. I already, like, uh, trained, trained my mind to the point where, like, I was, I was confident that I was going to become a Green Beret. But don't get me wrong, it was, like, physically challenging, sure. right? It was, like, it was, like, like, selection portion, it was challenging. Not only that, like, the, Q, the qualification course was challenging physically, but by this point, I, we all done it. Like, uh, we, uh, we trained so much that uh, we were used to that. So I think the hardest, the hardest part of uh, being in uh, special operations, I mean, in seventh group, it was that uh, I was already overloaded with everything that happened before. Yeah. Life, I was already, career, yeah. I was already like carrying that on my back, you know? And, uh, that's when I, I was started snapping at people, uh, my friends and, uh, for no reason, you know? And it, it wasn't like I was fighting them or anything. It was more like my personality changed, you know? Yeah. And that was like the biggest thing. You guys that have a big mission coming up, maybe it's going to take you a year. Maybe it's going to take you, it makes, even if it's physical, you have a physical mission coming up, something that the hardest thing you've ever done physically, or you have something at work that you have coming up. Accomplishing that task is only half of the battle. The other half is dealing with the life stress that, your you, you're, life, yeah. that you're carrying into the task. And so, then, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, we know a guy that's going to run across the United States. And one of the biggest threats to him, it's this dude right here, one of the biggest threats to him is like, what stre- life stressors does he have that are stacking up on top of the race that he might take into the race as well? You know, you got to manage that stuff as you go. Yeah, if you don't, like, you have to, you have to con- continue to take care of yourself. Like, uh, and you take care of yourself by just, like, doing the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. And, we, like, some call it, like, discipline. Hey, it's the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. It's like, hey. Like what? Like, first of all, you cannot, you cannot maintain a fucking good life maintain, with the bad, bad habits, right? Yeah. We all learn, like, we all, I personally, like, grew up in the military. So what do we do in the military as infantrymen? We drink, we drink, we drink. But uh, you, can't, you can't maintain that forever. That's not, that's not right. It's not going to help it's not relieve help the stress. You. And now imagine not being physically fit, right? Just being a civilian and drinking all the time or having all the bad habits, drugs and partying. Guess what? Now you don't, you're not even physically fit. You're not disciplined, and it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. So it's not, your, your life is not going to get better until you start dropping your bad habits, right? And you start doing the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, training every day. You train every day. You take care of yourself. You fucking self-develop, and you fucking drop all your bad habits. I love that, dude. 
Um, now you're out of the military and you're a couple months or you're actually recently out. Dude, like, I'm like three weeks out of the military. Yeah, three weeks out of the military. And um, I think you've transitioned a lot better than a lot of people. You know, you got a great, you're building tons of relationships. You and I have reconnected. What are your tips for somebody that's transitioning in careers or transitioning chapters in life so, that have helped? Here's the thing. I, uh, I knew it was going to transition for a little bit, right? And I, uh, I started reaching out to people and asking. I asked to my close friends. I asked, hey, man, what is this transition is about? Why is everybody saying it's so, uh, so bad, it's so dark? And kind of like getting those thoughts in be- behind my head, it got me scared, right? It got me like worried. I man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to struggle through this transition. Because they were, I was taking the wrong advice from the wrong people, right? Ooh, that's good. And, uh, but to be honest, I reached out. I reached out to my, to my friend, to my mentor. I reached out to you. I said, hey, here's what's going on. And you gave me the right, you gave me the advice. And to be honest, it's been, it's been the best three weeks I've had in a, for a while, <laughs> man. And uh, it's been cool. And I personally thought, I was like, okay, I'm getting out of the military, finally going to gonna slow down, you know, settle with the family, but uh, it, it hasn't been like that, you know, it's like, you still have a, a purpose outside the military, you know, and uh, some, of us, some, some of you guys that are, that are going out, like, transitioning, haven't found that, like, you need to start reaching out to people and figuring out what is that, because as soon as you find your purpose, you, you're not gonna want to slow down. Yeah, yeah, why would you? Why would you stop when you're aligned with what you love? Exactly. I like what you said too, for anybody that's changing chapters in life, maybe you're going through a divorce, maybe you're changing careers, maybe you are starting a new business. The key, one of the keys for Fernando has been to build relationships to help you with the transition. You know, that those relationships become the support system. You can ask those people for best advice, best practices, and it makes the whole thing a lot smoother. Man, it's all about relationships. It's not a, it's, there's a, there's a person that I, uh, I worked with, it always says, hey man, never burn a bridge or always like worry about relationships because I remember this guy who was in seventh group. He was, uh, he knew everybody. It was so easy to get stuff done around him, right? And now it transitions to the civilian world, man. It's all who you know, right? It's not who you are, it's who you know, and like, what is, what is what your relationship with them, right? And like, making a plan, like, the plan is not gonna be perfect, but if you start preparing, right? You start like, hey, reaching out, and make sure you get the advice from the right, per- uh, right person, like, how do you look for that person, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a person that you feel identified with. Like, hey, if I, I, I knew I reached out to you because what, I, 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 I follow you or I knew you're gonna have an answer for me. And guess what? There was my answer. There's a million other people that I reached <laughs> out to and I was like getting word, like getting all this fear behind my head when it doesn't have to be dark, man. It doesn't have to be dark. Absolutely. If you look for help, it's not gonna be hard. Yeah, I like what you said too, is like take good advice from good people, don't take bad advice from from good people you know yeah um so now that you've transitioned out um what's your what's your object like what are some things that you're working towards now like what's your focus so my uh my focus is uh, obviously i'm becoming an uh, entrepreneur i'm like oh, i'm starting my uh my coaching business right i'm uh and the reason why is because uh most of us in the military it's like we, we it's ingrained in us like, we want we want to help like how can we help somebody become better right and that's what uh that's what I'm pursuing. That's what I want to do. I want to help people. Hey, how can I, how can I make them better? Whether it's uh, in life, physically, mentally. It's like, hey, I want, to, I want to get you to the right place. I want to, I want to help you to achieve your full potential. And yeah. I was reading this quote, right? And it kind of hit me different. It was, uh, the quote said, uh, 
No, not everybody's meant for glory, but uh, everybody should strive for greatness. So I want everybody to say, man, like, you shouldn't be wasting your life, man. There's, there's a purpose for you in there. And we need to, like, get you to your full potential. We, I want you to feel the level of happiness that I'm feeling. I love that, bro. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, and they need your mindset, bro. Like, there's so many people out there that need that no-quit mentality. They need to hear how to think like that because we don't live in a society where people are taught how to think about failure and quitting and success. They, I mean, you hear it all the time on social media, but, like, it comes from people that haven't actually like experienced. It's just people passing around the content. And like when you, they need your mindset. They need to know like when they're going through something, something challenging, how to think their way through it and what the actual framework is to get through that problem, you know? It's like you just have to keep this in the back of your head, man. Like don't quit. Yeah. And it goes in everything in life, you know? And yeah. after that, you have to like look for the right people to be next to you. Hell yeah. That's all. Well, dude, if people want to stay in touch with you uh, after listening to the show, where, where's the best place for them to find you? Well, I'm always on Instagram, man. Uh, so my, my Instagram is uh, Fernando Lopez Medina. And just, if you, you want anything, man, hit me a DM. Send me a DM. Yeah. Say be the leader in the message so he knows you came from the show. And that'll kick you guys off on the right foot. And tell him Rangers lead the way when you do as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say the first stanza when you're at it. Yeah, say the first stanza <laughs> yeah. when you're at it. Yeah. Um, any final words to the audience before we close up? Anything you want to tell the, to the guys over there? No, I appreciate I appreciate you guys' time and listening to my story. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. And like, remember this, man, like, you can be going through a rough path or anything, but as long as you don't quit and get the right people around you, you're going to be fine. And like, it gets better. It gets better every day. You heard it, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going through a rocky time, don't quit. Get the right people around you. I learned a ton on today's show. It was great catching up with you, my man. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. you for having me. Hell yeah, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, if you liked today's show, if you enjoyed it, if you laughed, if you learned, if you walked away more mentally tough, with a better mindset, share it with a friend. Do us that solid. You can tag me in the story or you just, just pass it along. We need to spread this message to more people that want to succeed at a higher level. That's the purpose here. Let's bring more fe- people up, help them achieve their victories. Until next time, be the leader. I try a little harder, but my dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Trying myself when I yell at the wall. Back in the room, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. To sum it up, I spill my guts. Sometimes I felt as if I wasn't good enough. But I